It's time for your local weekly analysis, Slow County Public Policy and the Law, with your host, Stu Jenkins. Oh, we'll rally around the flag, boys, rally once again, shouting the battle cry of freedom. We will rally from the hillside, we'll gather from the plain, shouting the battle cry of freedom. Good morning, folks. Uh, welcome to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, only on KNews 98.5. I'm your host, lawyer Stu Jenkins. I've practiced law in San Luis Obispo County since 1978, also serving as Superior Court Special Master, Judge Pro Tem, and as an elected Harbor Commissioner at Port San Luis. In election law cases, I've represented the Democratic Party and Republican officeholders. And I've gone to court to enforce the voters' Proposition 64 ban against cannabis billboard advertising. I counsel and represent folks for estate planning, real estate law, and government or election law matters. This weekly Saturday program gives you a window into the crossover between local San Luis County and California public policy decisions and the law. I bring you the officials, lawyers, and activists influencing decisions made on your behalf by government and courts. In our lineup today, during the first hour, we are chatting with North County water rights activist Greg Grewal about the Robles and other water basins and about recent actions by the County Board of Supervisors. In our second hour, we will be speaking with your Senator, John Laird, a leading member of the Senate Natural Resources and Water Committee. But let me introduce Greg Graywall. Mr. Graywall started out his career as a firefighter in Los Angeles. After a full career, he moved with his wife to Creston, where he subsequently needed to bring action with a team of folks who saw the need to protect their rights to groundwater for their wells in Paso Robles Water Basin. This litigation has transpired longer than a decade, involving the city of Paso Robles and other communities that took action to protect their rights to pull water out of the Paso Robles Basin. And Greg Graywall has been active in other issues related to protecting the rural way of life in San Luis Obispo County. Welcome to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, Greg. Tell us more about yourself and when and how you came to Slow County. Thank you very much, Stu. Thank you for having me here today. I was still active on the uh, Los Angeles City Fire Department. I worked in, uh, for another six years, but I bought a piece of land, and uh, I got into team roping and decided I was going to raise my own roping cattle. And so I moved up here. My two daughters were on their way to college, and so me and my wife... Uh, decided to build another home and start over again. So uh, uh, I developed uh, this piece of property, built all the structures on it, and we raised Coriani cattle, which, which are used for team roping. And uh, my two daughters went to college. One of them is a large animal vet that works off of our ranch and owns her own business, Creston Large Animal Veterinary Service. And the other one is a uh, captain uh, commercial pilot with Delta. My goodness, well, that, <laughs> that's a blessing. So uh, now you, uh, I'm going to have to have you back. I'm sure you have views on uh, rodeos and uh, those kinds of things that are 
currently a controversy. Tell me about the uh, Paso Robles uh, Basin. So the, the, the Paso Robles Basin is roughly 436,000 acres, and it has approximately 31 to 36 million acre feet of water beneath it. So an acre foot of water is 326,000 gallons. Out of all those millions of acres, uh, how many do you own? <laughs> 362. <laughs> you're you're in Creston. I don't think a lot of people know this because it's uh, kind of out of the way. But there's in some of my campaigns that I've uh, been involved in, I've discovered this beautiful road called State Highway 229, and it goes between uh, Creston and Santa Margarita. And Santa Margarita, and and it's the windiest <laughs> road. In fact, all, all my friends who ride motorcycles, they they think it's just built for them. It's very scenic. It's very nice. And half of it is undivided. So there's no white line down the middle. So you need to watch when you go around a corner. That's right. It's, it's the narrowest state highway I've ever seen. Is your ranch on, yeah. on that highway? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I'm on the west, uh, the west side. I'm about uh, four and a half miles south of uh, the Loading Chute restaurant there in the bustling town of Creston. And for folks who don't know that highway, it's uh, one of the greener areas in San Luis Obispo County most of the time. There's a lot of water there. As you drive it, you realize that on either side of the highway, you're going to see massive concrete structures that are all related to the California Water Project. Yeah, they're all part of the state water line, which is the uh, coastal branch. And uh, it comes from uh, Lost Hills area from the main part, comes over the hill on 46, the water's treated. And then that line goes all the way to Lake Kachuma. Wow. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about that pretty soon. But in I, I noticed in 2013, you and a group of other uh, landowners brought a lawsuit to basically protect your rights to pump water in your wells from the Paso Robles Basin. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so in uh, August of 2013, the Board of Supervisors from the County of San Luis Obispo decided to have an emergency ordinance. That emergency ordinance was to reduce pumping over the basin. We weren't trying to pump any certain amount of water, but the California State Constitution gives the overliers of land the priority right to the beneficial and reasonable use of the water beneath their properties. So at the same time, they were trying to restrict the landowners from being able to use their property, that they didn't try to restrict our property taxes. They were letting the municipalities continue to build and use more water that we felt was unreasonable because they weren't following the law. So the quiet title action basically started because of the emergency ordinance that San Luis did. And it was promised to be a two-year timeout and would not be permanent, and that was 10 years ago. <laughs> I, I always love how permanent temporary things <laughs> always are with government. Um, you, you all called yourself the pa Paso Robles Water Integrity Network, is that right? Yes. How many folks got into that? Uh, uh, 130 uh, properties. My goodness. Oh, I, I, I'm sorry, 830 properties. 830. 830 properties. So we've had, uh, in the 10-year period, we just completed our sixth trial, which took three years because of COVID, for, for five days of testimony and one day of closing arguments. So in the very first trial, we had to show the court that we owned our properties and that we had percolating water, which is groundwater. Okay. In the second trial... 
it was it was actually two of the defendants against each other. Paso Robles was claiming that Tascadero was not a separate sub-basin, which they are a separate sub-basin. In the third trial, they decided that they wanted the rights over the basin. So they stipulated, everybody stipulated that the lawsuit was against the Paso Robles Basin, which is the 436,000 acres, but not the watershed area. I live in the watershed area, which is outside of the basin. So we have three different groups of people. There's 48 properties that aren't even over the prescriptive area or the basin. So then the, the fourth trial was a 14-day trial in uh, San Jose. So our court is in San Jose. I've been and there why, why was this times. Mo- why was this moved up to San Jose? It is the main water court, but we felt it would be better not to be in the local area. So I don't exactly know uh, the legal reasons how, how it was moved, but that's where we filed. Okay, okay. You know, when I uh, first started practicing law, there was a... Uh, new lawyer uh, who'd come into the profession as a third career um, and she got a job at the uh, Superior Court here in San Luis Obispo and uh, she was helping one of the judges who'd been assigned a water case that was over 100 years. Court had been managing water in this case for over 100 years and obviously judge after judge inherited this case but I understood that the San Jose Court had some special uh, experience and talent in water law so the we have a our judge is his his name is Kerwin mm-hmm. and he took over for a judge named Kumar that was the judge on the Santa Maria case and and, and other cases sure which was a, a big adjudication and that was one of the reasons at that time that the county as the technical advisor uh, some farmers the city of Paso and the CSC of San Miguel all signed a, a document called the prior agreement that they were saying that the basin was not in overdraft, there was no problems, the people over the basin would be notified in plenty of time to protect their rights if there was a problem. And, um, but then they didn't want that document to come out in court uh, because they had to prove that there was an overdraft of a period of five years or more mm-hmm. to claim a prescriptive right over any amount of water. Now, I understand that one of these trials was the first uh, jury trial in history over water in our state. Yeah, our 14-day trial was the first one to have a jury on it, and we felt that that was important because uh, the people could understand, I felt the people could understand that were on the jury that we weren't asking for anything that the state constitution doesn't say we already have. Now, when you talk about the state constitution, uh, I, I have to segue to the common law a little bit. And, uh, you know, uh, I can see that you're much younger than I am. But um, I think you're old enough to remember the old movies about England and about Robin Hood and his merry men. And, of course, one of the things that always happened in those movies was the, that wildlife, you know, deer are going across somebody's property, um, people went to jail because if the deer came across and they were hungry and they killed the deer and fed their family, well, that was the king's deer. And so, uh, of course, this was a major um, point of controversy between Robin Hood and uh, the the kings and the sheriffs of those days. Well, that, that segued into American law um, sort of as to water because the idea was that you had a right to take wildlife that came across your property to feed your family 
but you also had a right to take water that came across your property to water your cattle and, and so forth. And of course, out here in the West, it's so dry that in uh, 1914, uh, California actually changed its constitution about water, didn't they? Yes, they did. And, and that mostly uh, was for riparian water, which is surface water. Sure. So a little bit different on the groundwater because the groundwater was always the beneficial use, but the beneficial use is supposed to be on your property. It's not for transfer, exchange, or sale. It's to use, and you're not limited to a, a, any amount. You're limited to what's beneficial, but... And you're not limited to a depth. You're limited to what you what you need. You can't uh, file against your neighbor. You and your neighbor have a correlative right, an equal uh, basis, a percentage of what is available. And this is where you have the overliers, which are like me, the landowners. You have the municipalities and CSDs and other things, and they're what's known as appropriators. Mm -hmm. And then you have anybody that has a prescriptive right that they've won a certain amount of water that they can use. And so when you look at what's available, it's called the safe yield. And whatever that safe yield is, it has to be divided up amongst all those people. But if the safe yield's all being used and there isn't any extra, the municipalities, the appropriators, they are the first ones that have to cut back. And this is why the quiet title was starting to say, wait a minute. Why aren't the cities and municipalities and CSDs, why aren't they doing what they're supposed to do legally? Why are they asking the overliers that have the priority right to be the only ones that are cutting back? So that's why you brought the case in 2013. Yeah, we were just trying to protect what our mm -hmm. rights were to mm -hmm. use our land. And if you, I think pretty much everybody knows this, if you look at properties throughout any area, the ones that have uh, more resources on them, generally cost more. So if you have a better well, more water, beautiful oak trees, nice pastures, class A soils versus class 5 soils, uh, your your land is going to be more expensive and you're being taxed on that. Sure, of course, of course. Well, uh, folks, you're listening uh, to lawyer Stu Jenkins at Slow County Public Policy and the Law, KNews 98.5, and we are speaking today with water rights activist Greg Graywall. Now, Greg, ultimately, these lawsuits that were brought, I believe you had Richard Zimmer as a lawyer and Sophie Treater, both qualified lawyers. How, how'd they come out? Well, we're still, I, I left off, We our fourth trial was the 14-day trial where we had a jury. The fifth trial was basically a court order, and it, and it gave the amount of prescription that the agencies won against the overliers. So it was a prescription of 42 years ago. It was a very small amount of water. So we roughly have 95,000 acre-feet of safe annual yield, which is the amount that could be used every year. And they won uh, less than uh, 2,100 acre-feet between the four of them. Just to put that into perspective, uh, we, we've got these uh, large dams in, in our county. We've got uh, Lake Nacimiento. Uh, we've got Lopez Lake. Uh, Santa Margarita... Uh, dam, which we we all call Santa Margarita Lake, and I think it's the Salinas Dam, uh, officially. Um, what, what's, what kind of water rights do, did the city of Paso, Robles, and other communities win compared to what's in those dams? 
So in comparison, um, Lake Nacimiento holds just under 400,000 acre feet of water. And they didn't want to partake in the dam when it was being built for, at that time, $7 million. They would have paid half of that. Instead, they waited and built the Nacimiento pipeline, which is 45 miles long and cost roughly $200 million <laughs> for 1,700 acre feet. But uh, the city was using upwards of five to 6,000 acre feet of water out of the basin. Now, by court order, if there's no, not enough safe yield, they can only use 1,267. So they were reduced quite a bit. The county won 310 acre feet, which is split between the, the CSA of Shandon and the CSA of Santa Margarita. A CSA is a county service area. Sure and a CSD is a county service district. So uh, the CSDs ha have a little bit of their own little government. Right. They're, they're kind of a cousin to the cities. Yes. Um, but on a limited uh, basis. And, uh, you know, the uh, we've got a lot of climate change that's been going on. In fact, uh, the news, we just had uh, two tornadoes, uh, one in Montebello of all places and one in Carpinteria. Uh, and uh, is this climate change affecting the amount of water that uh, we have in these basins? I don't believe so. I think one of the things that we could, that it's, it's not brought up that much that we could look at in 2003, we had an earthquake. Mm -hmm. So what did that do to the underground structure of how water moved throughout our basin? What did it do to people's wells that might have been good and went bad? Or did some wells become good after being bad? Uh, I know we had a uh, a spring pop up in the library in Paso Robles of of, uh, of really good uh, water for therapeutic reasons uh, <laughs> that they couldn't stop and they had to and it's it's just plumbed to the river. Really? Yeah. So. Wow. Wow. Well, that's uh, that's something. And uh, you know, I remember in the earthquake when uh, big chunks of Paso Robles uh, sunk into the ground. Yeah. Just a little side story. Yeah. So I was still working for yeah. LA City. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know the fire chief, but I knew the police chief, Dennis mm -hmm. Cassidy, and I called him up and I said, hey, uh, I just met some of these pastorals firemen. There's only 18 of them. Do they need help? So he said, yeah, can you come and help? So the chief asked me to come there, and I worked four hours on the collapsed building. I drove my own fire engine from my ranch into town. I went and got a bunch of tools for them. So I cut all the cribbing and stuff for that collapsed building so they could go in and search for any more victims. Well, that, that's wonderful. And how many ranches have their own fire truck? <laughs> But I, I, I do want to uh, mention one thing. Um, you know, the, the uh, Salinas Dam, uh, with, just last week uh, we had our special on uh, the Irish in San Luis Obispo County for St. Patrick's Day. And uh, Mike Nolan was uh, relating how Timothy I. O'Reilly, who was the mayor of San Luis Obispo, um, well, he... he found out that the county was going to buy the water from the Salinas uh, Dam for a dollar uh, when the Army Corps of Engineers wanted to sell it after the war. And, of course, he outbid them. He put in $10,000 bid from the city of San Luis Obispo. And, uh, by gosh, they that stopped the sale, and the city of San Luis Obispo was able to buy a substantial amount of water from the Santa Margarita Lake. And, uh, of course, that... That has made the city of San Luis Obispo a water-rich uh, community compared yeah. to some of the other ones. Yeah, so there's uh, the lake, 
the reservoir was never completed by the Army Corps. They sold the gates to, mm -hmm. a, to a different uh, dam project. They stopped the project um, because they decided they didn't have to make Camp San Luis as big as what they were going to make it. So they let the city, because the city didn't have access to other water, they let the city, let's just say, piggyback on, on their license yeah. since they're the ones that developed it. But there was a live stream agreement, which it's the it's the it's in the watershed of North County. It's not in the watershed of South County. So when they're looking at through this new Sigma law on why isn't our basin recharging, it's because they haven't uh, followed the live stream agreement because that river recharges a lot of the Paso Robles Basin when it passes through Atascadero and gets to Paso Robles before it leaves the county. Sure, sure. And, and so it's it holds approximately twenty three. A thousand acre feet of water. It was supposed to be 45, and it's been overflowing for the last almost 90 days. The river's running bank to bank, um, and all the rivers in our in our county right now in North County at least are running bank to bank, and uh, that means that our basin is recharged. And this is uh, something, you know, it's not going to happen every year, but that's why. The basin is not figured on a year-to-year -year basis, even though there's a safe annual yield. It's a it's a it's a savings and checking account. When we have dry periods, we're going to pump more. When we get wet periods, it's hopefully it replenishes itself. So, when we get back to some dry periods, we'll be able to resume what we were doing. But right now, I think a lot of people are going, "Hey, when's it going to stop <laughs> raining for a little bit?" <laughs> well, that's for sure. And in fact, uh, our uh our next guest, uh, Senator Laird, has a lot to say about recharging um, the, the groundwater. In fact, uh, he's even got some legislation to help uh, get more water out of the Sierras by making sure there's more resilience up there. And uh, that, that some of that water in the California Water Project is actually, actually all of it is coming from the Sierras, isn't it? Well, we get uh, quite a bit that comes out of Oregon into Shasta, uh -huh. and our two, our two biggest reservoirs or dams are Shasta and, and Oroville. Uh, one of them uh, is fed, and one of them is a state project, mm -hmm. but then, you know, the uh, Shasta turns into the Sacramento River. Sure. So it's, it's the Klamath River and another um, uh, rivers that, three main rivers that feed into it, but it's beautiful lakes. Well, thank you, Greg. Uh, this is your host, Lawyer Stu Jenkins at Slow County Public Policy and the Law, KNews 98.5. Stay tuned. We're going to have more information from Greg Graywall about water. And water.